I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Happy, happy Monday, if this is the day that you're listening to me. So happy to have another episode of The Remedy this week, and today we are all in for a huge treat with a beautiful young girl that I met five minutes ago, ten minutes <laughs> five, ago. Yeah, five, five. <laughs> um, So I got a text message a few couple weeks ago um, from a guy that I went to high school with who does radio and TV here. His name is Jeff Wade, but everybody knows him as Skin. Skin. Um, Skin actually asked me to prom. Did you know that? Did he really? <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I could have almost been famous. Wow. As famous as Skin, but anyway. <laughs> um, he's, he's a great guy, a great old friend, and he I love texted. Him. Oh, he's, he's a love. He texted me and said, T, I, um, I was an MC at an event last night, and I met the most amazing young woman. Wow. Her name is Brooke Hart, and she's 17 years old, and you're a senior at McKinney North. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. <clears throat> and he said, you have got to get her on your show. But he didn't give me any information as to Nothing. why. <laughs> he just Ooh. said, you got to have her. She's so amazing. She's so inspiring. You've got to hear her story. And so I'm so happy that you agreed to come here today and share your story with us. And of course, I loved it um, because I asked you um, just for everybody's benefit. I asked Brooke before we started, I said, okay, if you had one, if you could accomplish one thing, if you could, if your story could, could convey one thing for people, what would you want it to be? And you said, I really just want people to look at life from the positive side rather than focusing on the negatives. I think it's healthier for me and for everybody to just look at the positives, find positives in every situation because God has a plan for all of us and I believe everything happens for a reason. And I was like, love it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly the person we need. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. We could just close up shop, but we're done. um, No, I would love to hear your story. So you, did you grow up here? Were you born here? Um, I was born in California. I lived Great there for... Great place to be born. Yes, beautiful. Rancho Cucamongo. Mm. It's a real place. I've never heard of Rancho, Rancho Cucamon- Cucamongo. Yeah. Cucamongo. <laughs> it's a real place. Okay, where it's is it? Not, I think it's like by Upland, California. I don't know where that is either. Is it northern, southern, mid? Where? Where? Where in California? I have no idea. I was only <laughs> there for three years. Okay, okay. I was there for three years. Okay. And then uh, we moved to Texas. My... Mom's whole side of the family lives here in Allen, and my dad's mom lives here in Plano. And so so moved- just north of Dallas, mm-hmm. north of Dallas, yes. and you're three. Yeah, so, and we moved, my little sister was like six months old. Okay. So we moved when she was a baby, and we lived in Rowlett for 13 years. Wow. And then we moved to McKinney last year just for something new, fresh start, because... A lot of stuff went down in Raleigh. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, we just decided it was time for a change, fresh start, where nobody knew us. We just start over, and we love it. 
all of our family, all of our cousins are five, ten minutes down the road. Like, it's amazing. We love it. So you moved your junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Is that right? You started at a new school junior year. Yeah, so I started a new school junior year, and my older sister moved her senior year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she was kind of excited, but then she got there, and she was a little upset about it. But now she's in college at Utah, and she loves it. University of Utah? Mm-hmm. Is that where she's at? Wait, Utah State. University. Utah State. Is that the same thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, no, those are two different things. Yeah, Utah State. Okay, Utah State. Yeah, she loves it. She has a great time up there. Today's her birthday. Oh, yeah. shout out to sis. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Kylie. <laughs> the big one nine. Oh, and so y'all are two, year and a half? Uh, How many yeah, months apart? Yeah, so me and Kylie are 18 months apart. Okay. And our little sister, Sophie, me and her are two years apart. Okay. So we're all pretty close. And are you, so you're close in age. Are you also, do you get along well? Yes, I get along. I definitely get along better with my older sister just because we've been, we've been in the same schools all through. We went to high school together. And my younger sister is a freshman. I'm a senior. We get along, but. Probably don't yeah, have quite as much Not as in much common. in common, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. But we all love each other. We're all friends. <laughs> okay, so you, <clears throat> you're, you moved to Rowlett where you lived for 13 years. Mm-hmm. And tell me about life in Rowlett. So life in Rowlett was what was hard? pretty good. It was pretty good. Okay. I had a good average childhood. Um, when I turned 10, right before, like right after fourth grade ended, summer, we went up to the lake house. We were just hanging out, wakeboarding, and I fell. And I had hurt like my chest and it was hurting to breathe and my mom and dad thought I just Like you got your, the wind knocked out of you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they just thought maybe I had a bruised rib. So we went to the hospital down by our house, and we got back, and they said I had pneumonia. So I was checked into the hospital for that. Oh, wow. Um, and had you been sick? No. I, didn't, I had no symptoms other than, like, my chest was just hurting. Wow. So they did an x-ray, and it looked like my lung was full of fluid. So I did treatment for pneumonia for a month. And then nothing got better. And then I went to Dallas Children's. Mm-hmm. And I was there for a couple weeks, probably three or four weeks. And there they did every blood test, every kind of test possible before doing surgery, figure out what was wrong. With the, It was just in your lungs. Mm-hmm. So they knew something was wrong with your lungs, but they just couldn't figure out. Yeah, they just didn't know what it was because mm. there was no, like, I had no symptoms. Like, I wasn't coughing. I wasn't having a hard time breathing. It was just painful. And in an x-ray, you could see... There was something there. Mm. So they did a biopsy, and they just barely kind of poked my tumor, and it just exploded with blood. And so I woke up an hour and a half later, and my mom and my dad walked in. And my mom and dad, I remember them telling me that I was like, my skin and my gums were all the same color as my teeth. Like, I lost so much blood. It was crazy. So I was there. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Your skin... My skin and my gums were as white as my teeth. Like, it was all the same color. Really? Yeah. It was crazy. Because you, I had lost, because so you lost so much blood? That's mm-hmm. what happened? So did they do a blood transfusion? Oh, yeah. Did lots of blood transfusions. Oh, and they wow. had, like, my bed set up in a V. So, like, all the blood was going to my heart. Wow. And I, and I was tiny. I was a very small kid. Well, you're tiny yeah. today. <laughs> I've, always been, I've always been tiny. I you're eat a peanut. lot. I eat a lot, but it just doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, but so then I did a biopsy, and about a couple days later, they told my parents that I had cancer. So, and then, so can we back up a little bit? Mm-hmm, why, yeah. did, why did 
this tumor explode with blood? So I had Ewing sarcoma, and it's a bone cancer, soft tissue cancer. It kind of grew, it grew off of my ribs. So it grew off of my ribs, and it collapsed my lung, and it pushed my heart over to the other side of my chest. So it looked like when they did an x-ray that my lung was just full of fluid. So when they went in and they touched it, it was just a blood-filled tumor. So it just exploded with, like, it just bled and bled and bled and bled. And, like, all my blood was getting pumped into this tumor. So that's why it was so hard to breathe because this tumor was pushing... Yeah, it was, it was pushing on my chest, yeah. pushing on my heart. Like it was, yeah. it was pretty big. It was like football sized tumor, so it was pretty big. Oh my! God. Um, your, your chest isn't even as I know. big as a football. <laughs> I know. Imagine like five <laughs> years ago, I wasn't that big, oh. but it was a it was a massive, massive tumor. Wow! So my mom and dad found out. They waited a day to get all the details. Then they told me that I had Ewing sarcoma, and of course, did they like, use those words? Did they? Is that the, how they described it? They told me. They said I had cancer. And I remember I was sitting in a hospital bed, and I thought they were just going to come in and be like, we know what's wrong, you're going to go home tomorrow, like you're fine. Mm -hmm. And then they said I had cancer, and as a 10-year-old, I, this makes me sound stupid, but I did not know a lot about cancer. What 10-year-olds should. Like you see the commercials on TV (laughs) of like St. Jude's, and they're bald, and I thought, and I said, no, I don't have cancer, I'm not bald. Oh. And they were like, no, well, that's not how it works. Oh. So I was like, no, I definitely that don't. Me up. Yeah, so I was like, like no. no, if I had cancer, I'd be bald. Yeah, so <sighs> I didn't know that it was like the treatment that made you go bald. So they said that I had cancer, and you know, I asked, like, am I gonna die? Like, of course, that's the first thing that came to a ten-year-old's head. Mm-hmm. And so they told me my treatment plan, and that I would get medicine, and I would be okay, and I would lose my hair, but I would be okay. Were so, you scared? What it, well, let me ask you this. When I know you were s- probably scared a little bit if you asked, "Am I going to die?" But tell me, like, tell me, like, what it's like as a ten-year-old to get that kind of news. I really don't ever remember being scared. Like, I think I was scared for a minute. I think I thought, like, initially, I think I was a little scared. Like, I thought I was going to die, mm-hmm. but my parents told me and my parents were awesome very calm and mm-hmm. very like collected so they did, never freaked out in front of me never cried. I'm sure they did did they cry no not in front of you? not in front of me I'm sure they did like of course. I'm sure they did somewhere of else of course they did but not in front of me so I was but always what strength what yeah, strength so of your parents I was always with adults who were calm cool and collected and I think that really helped me I was never scared except for that first moment and of course before surgeries but I mean, that that's an just... amazing thing that your parents oh, could yeah. do that so calm. There's n- I, there's just no way I could do that calm. Yeah, that's, like my mom. Your parents are rock stars. My mom and my dad were like, never, I never, ever, ever, ever saw them cry. That's... Ever. And I think, I think the only time I saw my mom cry was like, not even that, not even when she told us that our dad had died, was she crying? Not, like she was always strong she's oh. always been strong for us so I think having strong parents who kept it together really was a big part yeah, of you keeping it together. me keeping it together because I wasn't scared after I knew my parents assured me that I was going to be okay I was going to get the medicine that I needed the help that I needed mm-hmm. and I would be okay so I had nothing to worry about wow so yeah then I did six months of chemo you must be so proud 
Like I hate just, to we just gotta <laughs> pause and get like tell your parents like I, what an amazing I gift hate, they gave you. I hate to say that I'm like proud of my story or like I hate to like brag, but I am like you I should. you should. I'm definitely proud of, you know, how far I've come and I think I'm especially proud of how well I've handled things. Yeah. Cuz I think a lot of people my age, like as a teenager going through what I've been through, would not be as happy as I am. Well, you should be proud I'm of sure. yourself. Thank you. And it sounds like you had great role models. Oh yeah, the best. My mom and dad were always <sighs> like always there. There was never a day where I was not like my mom and dad was not there. Hmm. They were always there. Um so, so sweet. It, yeah, it was awesome. And then Okay, so you get the diagnosis. I get the diagnosis. And, and what's the treatment? So I do five months of chemo, um, a surgery to remove my tumor and the two ribs that it had grown off of, mm. and then five more months of chemo, and then a month of radiation. Oh, wow. So, so my, you did total 10 months mm-hmm. of chemo. And one month, 26 rounds of radiation. So did you go every day? Mm-hmm. Went every day for 26 days, yeah, except for weekends. So tell me about treatment. So I did five days in the hospital. I'd go home for two. I'd go back in for two days and then five days out. And I just repeated that over and over and over again until my surgery. And I was on a trial. So Ewing's is a really rare type of cancer. So I was part of a study that they were doing. I can't give you all the details. I didn't pay attention back then. (laughs) I didn't pay attention back then. Um, But I did, yeah, five days, two days, and over and over and over till I had my surgery. Um, I would say before my surgery, I was very, I wasn't the happiest Mm -hmm. at that time. I think it was... I mean, obviously, nobody's happy. no kid is happy to be in the hospital all the time. But I was in the hospital for most of those five months because when I was out of when I was at home, I'd have to go in, get blood checks, go to clinic, and if I had a fever, I'd have to go back in and get admitted again. So I was pretty much always at the hospital. And I'm sure when you were home, you were home. I'm mm-hmm. sure germs were. Oh yeah, I think so. I got diagnosed in July. July 4th was my first day of chemo. And I remember watching the fireworks from the hospital room with my dad. And then when school started, I probably, that whole fifth grade year, I probably went to school like 60 days. I did not. I rarely went to school because I was sick. I was in the hospital a lot. I was sick. And I think, and sometimes I would just not go because I just didn't want to go. Yeah. There was nothing wrong. I felt fine, but, but you just I had an ex- I had an excuse not to go. Yeah. So did you? Why would I not go? Did you ever miss it? Did you ever miss school, or your friends, um, or just being normal, like being a normal fifth grader? Did that I ever really, enter your mind? I really didn't. I had my friends were I had the best group of friends. So when I went to school, um, mm. I had like a mom. My friend she carried around my little bucket that had my wipes and my hand sanitizer and like all my Germex stuff, <laughs> and she like. We went to the library. She'd wipe down all the books before I touched them, wipe down the tables before I sat down. And they always came over. They always visited. I always had visitors. So I was never really missing school itself. Mm-hmm. I think I got lonely missing my friends sometimes in the hospital. But for the most part, it was never really school. It was just like the friends. Yeah, but sure. Other than that, I mean, I don't really, I didn't really like going to school. So if I could, 
if I could stay out of school, <laughs> I was good. So I like, and I remember like one of the best parts of, or not the best parts, but a perk, I'd say. I, at my school, I got my own stall in the bathrooms because, you know, can't have germs. Wow. So I had my own stall and I, anytime I needed to go to the nurse or wanted to go to the nurse, I could just of go course, down there. You had a free pass. Yeah, they couldn't tell me no. Right. <laughs> I had cancer. Like they had to let me go. You can't tell the kid with What were they going to say? No, can't go to the nurse. So I, I would go down to the nurse whenever I wanted. And You're I remember hilarious. one time I went down and I brought my friends with me. And like we all showed up and the nurse was like, What are you guys doing? And we were like, Oh, we're just hanging out. So I, we got some snacks because I had a little bucket of snacks in there. We went into the bathroom. My aunt had given me like glow in the dark converse. And he sat in the nurse's bathroom for like five minutes with the lights off, just dancing around in my shoes. And then we went back to class and everybody was like, where'd you been? We were like, oh, in the nurse. It's okay. Just dancing in the closet. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, that's that's one of the best memories. Aww. But yeah, I never really that's got... so cute. I was never really missing school. I was general, generally pretty, pretty chill. Now, was, did you, what were your side effects of treatment? What, were, what so, were the physical side effects of your treatment? So I, during my surgery, about five months into my chemo, when they removed my tumor and my two ribs that they mm-hmm. had, that my tumor had grown off of in a chunk of my lung, they think I had a stroke. They're not like, they don't know what happened mm-hmm. exactly. Like to this day, they don't know. Mm-hmm. It was never like a worry or anything. Um, so I just woke up and I remember waking up and I had like a breathing tube in and I tried to move my legs, but I couldn't. So I freaked out, 10 year old freaking out. And so they pulled out the breathing tube and I was like, like, dad, I can't move my legs. And he was like, okay, I'll get a doctor. And so they pulled out the epidural thinking that was it. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. that can paralyze you five hours later, nothing had changed. And at that point, every doctor that came into my room said that I would never walk again. They, at a children's hospital, they were, like, saying this to my face. And they were like, you're never going to walk again. Like, this is it. Like, you're going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. What did they think happened? They thought I had a stroke. So they thought it was from the stroke. Yeah, like a spinal stroke, just loss of blood to my spine. I've never even heard of this. Yeah. So that can happen during surgery? Yeah. That's a risk. That's what they... Some sort of risk. That's what they think happened. It was never, like... We were never told that that could happen, mm-hmm. but like it did, and that's what they think happened. But to this day, they don't know exactly what happened. But um, so now so, you're five months into treatment. Did you lose your hair? Yes, completely bald. So and now you can't feel your legs. And now I can't move my legs. And I was ten, and that's a lot to go through as a ten year old. Oh my gosh! And so I remember I was very distraught. For those couple days in the ICU, I, those probably like the darkest times because I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would freak out and I would like cry and just say like, I don't want them to cut my legs off because mm-hmm. I thought like when you're paralyzed, like when you can't use your legs, they'll cut them off. Oh. So I was I was very uneducated. <laughs> I was very uneducated as a, well, as a it's, child. It's, but it makes so much it's sense It's nothing though. that you would go through as right. a kid. Like you wouldn't know right. that. Right. So I would just like cry and I'd be like dad like I don't want them to cut my legs off mm. like I want to keep my legs like I don't want I like I want them and he's like they're not going to cut them off you're going to be okay and I think the best thing that my parents ever did for me was when all these doctors were coming into my hospital room and because they were calling in people that I had never met before 
my two original doctors were never said that I would never walk in. They were never those people, but everybody they called in to just look at me and look at my chart and see if they knew, they said I would never walk again, and they were going to check up on me, and my parents walked out, and they said, if you're going to come in here and you're going to say that to our kid, I don't want you coming in here. Mm -hmm. So my dad kicked them out. They said, if you're going to say that, if you don't have anything positive to say, don't come in here. Wow. So I love it. Yeah, that was the best thing that my parents could have done for me. Because I think if I heard one more person say, I would never walk again, I would lose it. So they kicked everybody out and nobody ever came in again telling me that I was going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. Wow. So I finished my treatment in a wheelchair, um, doing physical therapy as often as I could when I felt like I could do it. When I was inpatient, I would go downstairs and do it with them and They'd come to my room, and by the end of treatment, I was still in a wheelchair. I was still, you know, couldn't really move much, but my right foot. So everything on the left side of my body does not work. Okay. So Even this, today? Yeah, yeah, even today. So, like, okay. the left side is where my tumor grew, so everything on the left side of my body is paralyzed. Really? So, yeah. Everything doesn't work on the left. My left leg, I mean, obviously, except for my arms, my left leg kind of works but it's very very weak okay but like everything else is like not growing not moving doesn't work so when I finished all my treatment or when I was first I or first paralyzed they transferred me to I won't say any names but a terrible terrible facility okay. did not like it at all it Here works in Texas yes okay so it works for some people some people have been there and they've worked miracles but it was just not for working for me not at all so they told me that, you know, brushing my teeth was my therapy. And I was like, guys, my arms are fine. Like, my legs are broken, <laughs> not my arms. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's going on here. So, mm-hmm. and then, like, I had cancer, so I had to be very isolated. And right. I couldn't be around germs. And they'd take me down to the therapy room. And there were kids over here throwing up and kids over here coughing. Oh, and gosh. it was just like, it was not good. Yeah. So we were there for a week and I started moving my right toe and I was like dad like look at my toe like I'm moving my toe mm-hmm. and he you know we got, it, we got it like, yeah we got all excited I called my mom like called everybody like I'm moving my toe called the doctors in and they came in and my dad was like she's moving her toe like this is good and the doctor said no that's not her that's a spasm and my dad said well no Brooke move it and so I did and they were like no that's a spasm that's not her And at that point, my mom and dad were like, no, like we're leaving. (laughs) So they wouldn't check us out. They would not check us out. They refused. So my mom and dad packed up our bags and And we left. And just walked out. And we just left. Love it. And we called my doctor on the way home. And my mom said, we left. We're not there anymore. You Mm -hmm. need to check us out. Like we're not staying there. Mm -hmm. So that's when I ended up finishing all my treatment, doing therapy at the hospital. Back at Children's. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. At Children's. Because they wanted me to go to this facility when I was not getting chemo. Mm. So just never mm-hmm. go home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not going to happen. Not going to work. That's not good. So I finished my treatment. And then after I finished all my treatment, I did, I started really, really intense physical therapy with Karen McCain, who works at UT Southwestern. She's my best friend. I love her so much. I was her first child patient that she ever had. Um, And I did therapy with her. I just graduated last year. 
was my last visit after 277 visits. Wow. Yeah, a lot of visits with her. But then she got me to where I am today. So, And we would fight. Actually, I fought with her a lot. Because <laughs> I was a teenager. I didn't want to do physical therapy. So I would always try and bargain down. Mm-hmm. Like, but she would challenge She you. always got her way. I never won. <laughs> Ever. Okay, but so let's okay. go back to your toe. So your toe starts to move. The doctors don't believe it. You check out of this facility. Then, like, you you, you use, what do you call these? Forearm crutches. You use forearm crutches, but you walked in here today. Yes, but, yeah. So, so the crutches. So explain how you got from your toe moving to driving. You drove yourself here. Yeah, and, I did. <laughs> and you walked in. So, so tell me about that. I started moving my toe, and at that moment, it was, for my whole family, it was like, okay, this is really going to happen. We're really going to get better. Mm -hmm. Because I think until then, we were just, like, hanging on to a hope. Right. Like, we did not want to believe that we would never, that I would never walk again. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, it just, like, confirmed everything. We're like, yeah, this is going to happen. So when I started moving my toe... We went home, and I would move it as much as I could. And eventually, my right leg came back completely normal. So my right leg is totally 100%. normal. 100%? Yeah. I can move everything on my right leg. And then um, my left leg slowly came back. So my foot doesn't work at all on my left leg. I can't move my ankle. This brace holds my ankle up so it doesn't hang down. Mm. So my so you foot... Do, so your foot won't drag? Yeah. Okay. So my foot doesn't work on my left leg. My quads do and my hip flexors do. Okay. To like lift my leg up and well, bend my knee. And that's pretty that's much helpful. all you need. Yeah, that's pretty much all you need yeah. to walk. So um, that's what I that's what I did with Karen at UT Southwestern. We did tons and tons and tons of electrodes, like little pads that you put on and they fire your muscles and they get you going. So I did eighteen months in a walker or in a wheelchair, my bad. Six months in a walker. And I've been on crutches since my seventh grade year. So about five years or four years. And you're done You're done with physical therapy. Mm-hmm. But do you have exercises that you do? My only exercise really is just walk. You well, know? It, like, I'm sure I, it's exercise. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy to think that I've learned how to walk three times now. Because after my back surgery... I laid in a hospital bed for like a month and I lose my muscle, like my strength really quickly. Mm-hmm. So after my back surgery, I couldn't walk. So I had to go back and do more. And so I've been like this and this is my third time learning how to walk. And it's crazy to think of how much goes into walking. I know. We, so, like, we so, so take it for granted. It's so crazy because like when you walk in your heels, your gorgeous heels, by the way. Thank I'm you. I'm jealous. <laughs> But you. when you walk, you don't think like, okay, now I got to use this hip flexor, pull my leg up, bend my knee, pull my ankle up so it doesn't drag. Like now I got to move my hip. And it's it's so much like mechanically that it's insane to think that for everybody else, it just happens naturally. And like for I, me. Yeah. I, none of us think about yeah. how we walk. And so for me, it's just, I'm always thinking, all right, I got to move this leg and this leg and move this at this time. And it's just, it's crazy to think like how the body works really. Oh, it's insane. You're exactly right. It's, it's like you don't know how much your pinky toe 
oh my gosh, means not to at you all. until you stub your pinky toe. And not, yeah, yeah, it's we, crazy. we just take for granted the this beautiful gift. Yeah. Yes, it's crazy created and how important and, every little piece that God put together. Yeah, and I think works. a lot of it for me, like where I get a lot of my positivity, is that. Before I was even paralyzed, I was not athletic at all. I don't, I like to this day, I don't like going outside. Like I don't like bugs. I don't like dirt. <laughs> I don't like to sweat. I don't know why people want to run and get sweaty. Like that doesn't make sense to me. So I've never really thought that I've been missing out on anything. Because mm. if I was walking, I wouldn't be playing a sport. <laughs> ew. I would be. I love ew. <laughs> I would be inside like shopping or doing my nails or my makeup like I'm not like I'm not missing out and so I Mm -hmm. I think when I was first paralyzed I remember thinking like why couldn't this happen to my sisters but my sisters play soccer religiously Mm. so if they were paralyzed that would be over for them yeah and that's what they did with my dad so if they lost that that would crush them Mm -hmm. and me and my dad went to get our nails done <laughs> and I didn't need to walk to do that so, so I wasn't cute. missing out on anything I think that's when I realized when I finally like got over being sad and angry that I had been paralyzed it was just like I wasn't really missing out on much like I had and I think I realized too that I had been given a second chance to live mm-hmm. and a second chance to walk again mm-hmm. and I had my family and I really didn't lose anything. I think I just lost just part of something. Because I, like, I didn't ever walk. And I don't know if it's, like, coming off the right way. No. It, or if it, it's coming out wrong. But no. it's hard to put into words. Well, it's an amazing thing that you got to. What's amazing is that you got to that place. That, like, you, I'm sure there were times that oh, you were sure, so yeah. angry. And, like you said, there was, and then, Going, and then yeah. there was this. And then there's just this, okay, this is the way that it's going to be. Like you, mm-hmm. you probably at some point said, okay, am I going to spend the rest of my life angry and, and yeah. pissed off? Or am I just going and to. It's so much work to be angry. Like <laughs> I've tried, like when I get in arguments with my mom, mm-hmm. like I try to stay angry mm-hmm. and it's exhausting. It is. It takes like just, so much Like I just want to prove her wrong. Like just be angry, <laughs> but I just can't. Like it's yeah. so hard. It's so, a really good point. It just takes exhausting. so much more effort to be angry. It's so much work. So yeah, you're right. I just, I don't know. I was never really truly angry. When I went out, I was fine. But I'm sure when I was home, I was a little bit angrier. At therapy, I got angry when some things weren't going right I or going my way. I bet that was hard and frustrating. And I would have my days where I would just want to scream and what about so your angry. hair? What about losing your hair? Because you have such beautiful hair. So my hair, that was a very... That had to be an issue. That was a very sad day. So my hair was curly before... Was it the exact same? It was the exact same. Beautiful curly Thank red so hair. so much. Yeah, so my hair was like this before. And I loved my hair. Like it was my... You should love your I hair. I loved it. I did it every day. I showered every day so my hair looked perfect. <laughs> I was that kid. I went to Justice and got like all my outfits like... That was me. So I didn't do sports. So I cared about but my But you hair. looked good. I always looked good, of course. <laughs> of course. So when I lost my hair, my hair started to fall out. I remember I was sitting upstairs with my friends, and they started, like, picking out my hair and, like, putting it in a popcorn bowl. And we showed my mom. I was like, Mom, look at my hair. And so the next day she 
wanted to shave it. And that was really hard for me because I think I was 10 and I was a girl and Mm -hmm. I didn't want, I think the hardest for me was that I didn't want people to think I was a boy. Mm. I didn't want to look like a boy. Like I was a girl and I didn't want people to think otherwise. And I don't think I ever really was scared or like sad because like I had cancer. I think it was all just because I loved my hair and I loved like it was kind of like a part of me, like who I was. Like everybody loved loved my hair. Everyone loved my hair and I loved my hair. So when I lost it, it was I guess it was kind of like losing a part of me. Mm-hmm. And then they said that sometimes when your hair grows back, it grows back differently. Mm-hmm. And that scared me. Oh, I bet. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> if it's like, blonde and straight, I'm going to be gonna, real mad. I'm going to cry. <laughs> like, this is not going to be good for anybody. <laughs> so when my hair started to grow back curly, it was... Ugh. You could breathe. Yeah, I was like, thank goodness. Because it would have been so ugly for my parents if it had grown back wrong. Like, if it had grown back black and straight, I would have I would have cried. Well, it would have been fit awful. your face because you have those cute little freckles. Oh, and yeah. Ew, like could you your, imagine? Your hair fits you perfectly. Could you imagine black hair, straight hair with me? No. It would not have worked out for anybody. It would not have been good. So tell me about... Uh, the, your last treatment, your cancer free, like what was, what was it like getting <laughs> to that? Are you cancer free? I'm saying yes. that. Okay. Yeah. So I'm cancer free. I'm okay. five years cancer free. That's huge. Yeah. Hey, awesome. I'm going to high five. Five On, years is a big deal. I finished the day, I think it was like a couple days after my birthday when I finished my last radiation round. Mm. When I finished my first chemo, my last chemo, <laughs> I was very extra if you will say so (laughs) I demand I didn't ask I demanded I said dad for my last hospital stay I want a hot pink limo to pick me up from the hospital (laughs) and they said yeah okay and I was like no like this is big I want a limo dad a pink yeah so I was checking out we were getting ready to go downstairs and we usually walk to the parking garage but this time we walked to the front and I knew, I knew something was coming. I was like, yes, this is it. So I walked outside and this big hot pink Hummer limo was right there. <laughs> My friends jumped out of it and I was like, yes, oh, that's this is amazing. what I wanted. So that's it was amazing. awesome. I got, we drove back to my house and this limo was like so cool. Like inside of it had lights mm-hmm. and nobody could see us. Like it was all tinted. It was awesome. We got back to my house. All my cousins were there. Um, my therapists were there from the hospital. Oh. My teachers were there from school. Like, oh. Everybody was there. It was awesome. And like all my cousins got it. I have 15 cousins on my mom's side. Oh my gosh. So we all jumped in this limo, rode around the neighborhood, and it was amazing. Aww. I was so happy. Aww. I was like, yes, I got my limo. I am happy. <laughs> my, your it was peeps, awesome. Your yes. Limo. I was like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> and then I finished my like, chemo in the hospital, and then I did my 26 rounds of radiation. And I did that every day for 26 days with my dad. He drove me every morning, get up at 7, get there by 8, do it for 5 minutes, and then go home. Oh, wow. So I did it every day with my dad, same place. I think that's, like, one of the moments that I, like, remember most and am grateful for the most with my dad is all the times that we went to the hospital together. Because he took us to, he took me to the clinic all the time, too. Like, all my clinic appointments he went with us, too. And it was always just me and him because my mom was with my other sisters. Right. So right. my dad always took me. And, like, that's – I just love, like, thinking of those moments that we had together. 
because they were so special. Like, I love them. So finishing my radiation, I finished the day after my birthday, I think. When's your birthday? May 21st. Okay. Yeah, so I finished a couple days after my birthday, and then I was done. And my type of cancer, they say if it comes back, it's going to come back six months after finishing Mm -hmm. treatment. So after six months, technically you're cancer-free. But they can't, like, put it in, like, make it official till five years. Oh, wow. So I was just five years last May. Wow. So this upcoming May, I'll be six. Wow. Six years cancer-free. incredible. Yeah. It's it's really crazy to think about. Like, it feels like it was so long ago, Mm -hmm. but six years is not that long. No. It's got to feel like a miracle. I mean, it does. It sounds like a miracle. It, it, yeah, it's as a 10 year old, like you didn't really think about it much, but the older I got, I think I realized more like how amazing, I don't want to say how amazing I was, but like how amazing it was that I was able to sure. endure all of that. Hey, it was you and to, you, you, you <laughs> me were and the my one family. Who did, like, yes, if I didn't have my parents, like nothing would have happened. Wow. It, I just don't, I don't think if I had anybody else's parents, I mean, like, I don't mean to be mean, but, like, my parents are better than everybody's. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. But I believe they just you. are. They I just are. I actually really believe you. <laughs> I think you have the best parents as well. I so, never got a pink limo. <laughs> no. Yeah, a Hummer. So that's what I'm Hummer. saying. You forgot oh, yeah, Hummer it's a Hummer limo. Can't leave that out. Don't leave that out. That's vital. But it's just, like, my parents, my sisters, my best friends, they were always visiting my older sister has super curly hair like me, like even curlier, like mm. huge. And she said she would shave her head. And I said, no, because when it grows back, it's going to look awful, Kylie. <laughs> I was like, that's very nice. I was like, that's very nice, but you're going to look like a clown. But no, I was like, it's going to go out. Yeah, it was going to grow out and she was going to look like a clown. So I said, no, the gesture is nice and appreciated, but, but you don't need it's to not do going to work. It's adorable that she yeah, said that. Yeah, my older sister was like a mama bear. Mm. Definitely, for sure. My little sister was eight when I was diagnosed, so mm-hmm. she was still pretty young. Yeah, and so she's, it's not... It's not it's her not, job, yeah. you know. It's not, it wasn't your older sister's job, no, but, I, but I understand. Kylie that. just has, like, those tendencies, like those motherly tendencies. It's her nature. She's always happy. It's so annoying. <laughs> like, she's always happy. I don't understand, I like, how it works. I bet people say that about you. I, <laughs> I try to be. But, I'm like, everybody has their days, you know. Sure. Everyone gets upset every once in a while. Okay, let's talk about your dad. You have... My dad. You have referenced a couple of times about remembering him so what what happened with your dad two years after I finished treatment my seventh grade year we went on my make-a-wish trip during seventh grade and then which was to uh the Disney Alani Resort in Hawaii oh right on awesome you know how to make you know how to make a wish sister I was decided like (laughs) should I go on a shopping spree should I get a horse and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something. I thought, I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to do something that my whole family can enjoy. Aww. So we went to Alani. It was the best decision I ever made. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. So my dad was able to go there with us, and then that was the last trip we all took together. And then in... So what month was that? That was in January. Okay. So then in June, my dad... Uh, was waking up actually him and my older sister were going to North Carolina for a soccer camp and my dad woke up was getting ready talking to my mom walked into the bathroom and collapsed and had like 
a heart attack. They call it the Widowmaker's heart attack. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just out of nowhere. It's like your arteries clog up, and they just stop working, and then your heart just stops. And so he passed away. How old was he? He was, my mom just turned, oh, I won't say that. (laughs) (laughs) My mom was a year young. I think he was 44. Wow. He was very young. So young. And he was healthy too. Like he ran miles every day, like probably two miles every day. Is that a lot? I don't know. Yeah. I don't run. I think running any mile. Yeah, I don't run. (laughs) I don't know. I run like two miles a year. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he was very active. So it was like a shock to everybody. And I remember like my room was downstairs. We had a two-story house. My room was downstairs next to the front door. And I remember like hearing the firemen like knock on our door and I was like, is there a fire and nobody woke me up? I was like... <laughs> Rude. I was like, everybody just left me? I was, I was like, what is happening? So I got up and my I saw my mom and she was freaking out. Kylie was freaking out. And we drove next door. We we're waiting there and got back. And then my mom told us that he had passed away. And... Did he pass away before he ever even left? He passed away at home. I think... I think he passed away in the ambulance. Mm. But he was pretty much unconscious. Mm-hmm. Like he passed out. He said something to my mom. Mm-hmm. And then he was out. And so I don't think he ever felt any pain. Mm-hmm. Which is like like the best thing of for me course, to hear. Of course. <laughs> it's like the best thing for me to hear. Because I didn't want him to like. Suffer. Yeah. So for me I think that was really. <laughs> that was really good for me to hear. Like, I didn't want him to Comforting. be in pain or hurt. So my mom and the ambulance, they all said that, like, he died, like, peacefully in the ambulance. Like, he wasn't in pain. Like, he wasn't suffering. So that was and nice so to hear. Now you're 13 when this happened? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was 13. And my little sister was 10 or 11. And I think my older sister... 14 or 15. Yeah, she just got her permit. She she was getting it. So, yeah, we were all really young. And it it was just a shock to everyone. Of course. And I remember, like, that day, like, my aunts all came down. And it was, like, one of the worst days because everybody was coming down and, like, crying and hugging everybody. And Mm -hmm. I was just, like not having it so our uncle drove us down to hang out with the cousins and I just remember like I just wanted to go home Mm -hmm. like I didn't want to go out I wanted to go home Mm -hmm. so I went home and I hang out with my mom and then like that whole week was just awful Mm -hmm. because everybody was just crying Mm -hmm. and I was like I wasn't crying in front of people Mm -hmm. I was crying at home Mm -hmm. but like I didn't like seeing other people being sad mm-hmm. oh you but, had your own stuff to deal with yeah, you didn't want to like, take their stuff and on. of course like my mom never cried oh my ever gosh. never did she cry in front of us that is it was amazing and even like even like at the funeral she probably just like shed a tear like she was so strong wow not because she didn't love him of course <laughs> but of course. she was just so strong it's very stoic and like our whole family it was just everybody was there and it was like it was so beautiful because 
the funeral, like the funeral director said that it was like the biggest funeral he'd ever seen. Mm. Like that many people love my dad. No, like the best. I'm sorry. Oh, you're making me cry. Kevin, or Kevin's over there crying. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why I turn away. <laughs> oh, but like it was just so amazing that that many people. Of course. He just. And he was like everybody loved him. Mm. He was so funny. Like, he was funnier than my mom. My mom would kill me <laughs> if, I, her if she heard that. She's going to hear it. Sorry. She's going to kill me. <laughs> but he was funnier than my mom. And he was like, it was like my mom was like bad cop. My dad was a good cop. Mm. And so they always got along. They were always like, I don't know. They were best friends for years before they got married. Mm. And their moms, my grandma and gr- Nana were best friends. Oh. And then they like introduced their kids and then they became friends and they got married. Oh. And what so, a story. Yeah, so they were best friends for years. Oh. And you could, like, see it. That and is the sweetest thing. Yeah, so, like, their marriage was, like, perfect. Mm. I mean, I'm sure every marriage has a problem, but it was yeah. perfect. It was perfect. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's as good as it could be, it sounds like. Yeah, they were great. What's your dad's, what was your dad's name? What's your dad's name? Dirk Hart. Dirk Hart. Dirk Newton Hart. That's a great name. Yeah. Dirk. All you guys have like show business names. Yeah. Dirk (laughs) Newton Hart. That's a great name. Yeah. Dirk Hart. Yeah. So he was like, he was like the best guy ever. Mm -hmm. And what about your mom? What's your mom's name? Megan. Megan Megan Marie Hart. Megan Marie Hart. Yeah. They were best friends. They're both awesome. My dad worked for Warner Brothers. He did like really awesome there. What did he do? I think he just like did marketing and stuff. Like he sold the movies and to I don't even know who, but I didn't know he Warner Brothers in, was here. And so he worked in California. And they said they'd transfer him anywhere, and so he picked Texas to be with his family. Mm. But he traveled a lot to Minnesota, okay. Minneapolis. Okay. For like that's the way so did he work from was. home? Oh yeah. Oh okay. So he wor- always from home. Oh wow. So he worked from home for a couple years. He quit. He worked with. Like the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. Like he had dinner with the whole cast and they gave That's him. kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. They gave him like these two big posters like signed with everybody's names wow. with plaques with his name on it. It was pretty legit. Like wow. He was, he was a big guy. And so he worked for them for about, he quit working there like two years before I got sick because they wanted him to move to Minneapolis, mm. Minneapolis, as my dad <laughs> called it. So it was so cold. It's disgusting. Like, why would their headquarters be in Minnesota? It's That's so cold. It's so true. It's so awful. Like, he would come home from his trips. And, Sorry if you're from Minneapolis. Yeah, and like, no offense. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't even think about that. You can edit that out. You can edit that out. <laughs> but, like, he would tell us how he would spit, and his spit would, like, freeze instantly. Oh so, like, why gosh. would their headquarters be there? That's, like, the worst possible place. Probably because it was so, inexpensive. Yeah, so they wanted him to move up there and work from an office mm. and he said no he was like no because he always because even when he worked from texas he was always home mm-hmm. he rarely went to his office building he was always home mm. and so he quit so he could stay home and then he started his own atm company so he did that while i was sick mm. and that was awesome because he ran his own business yeah. so he could Be, work whenever he, he needed to mm-hmm. so he would take me to all he like for me it was almost like he never worked because he was always there. Mm. He was at every doctor's appointment with me. Like, he took me to all my clinic appointments, all my radiation. It's almost like God went before. Oh, my gosh, yes. And just said it all. It was perfect. Because, mm. like, I had two other sisters who were 
both still young. Mm-hmm. So, like, him and my mom being able to be home yeah. for all of it was amazing because of my sister's. They needed they needed support. Mom and dad too. And they needed mom and dad time too. Yeah. And I needed somebody at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like I never wanted because there's kids at the hospital that stay like by themselves, I like know. without parents. I know. And that to me was like the scariest thing. Oh. And I was so, so grateful that I had two parents that could stay with me. I I've had children in the hospital and spent significant time at children's. And I have to tell you, that was one of the most because I never left my children. Yeah. I mean, I never, awful, never, like not even one time ever. Oh no, I and, cannot. Mm-mm. And I remember walking by these hospital rooms and looking in and asking the nurse, like, "Where are there? Where's there? Where's that baby's mom?" Like, I I couldn't even fathom, fathom yeah. that a child would ever spend a second in a hospital. Now uh-huh. I know that I was lucky enough mm-hmm. to. People have to work, like people, people weren't lucky enough, yeah, to, lucky enough to have that. But I just, I can't imagine anything scarier than being a child alone in a hospital. Yeah. I oh. And those saints who it. go and play with the, you know, volunteer and hold those babies. I mean. That's the best. I wanted to hug every single one of them. Yeah. Because I, like when my dad passed and I was in the hospital, like for my back surgeries, I still, I was a freshman in high school and I still did not want to be alone. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, you of can't, course. I was like, you can't even go home to shower mom. Like you have to stay. Yeah. So, but at that time it was, I was a little easier because I knew she had two other kids. Right. She had other things that she needed to do. Right. So I was like, as long as my, I had a grandma or a grandpa sitting or somebody. with somebody, mm-hmm. like I was good, but I did not want to be alone. Yeah. I get, I get it. It's not, it's not going to work for me. How's your mom today? perfect really yeah she it was like heavenly that when my dad died he had his own company Mm -hmm. because my mom just took over his company oh really and so now she does it and she's home all the time she works maybe three days a week like all day Mm -hmm. and then she's always 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 home when I get off of school Mm -hmm. well not I get my mom says I go to pre-k because I go I get out of school at like 1130 <laughs> so sometimes she, sometimes she's not there when I get That's home funny. and it makes her a little angry because <laughs> I get out of out of school so before early. she's done working mm-hmm. but she's always there like awesome. always there and when he, my dad passed away like we had to get all the like codes to the ATMs and mm-hmm. my dad's brother my grandpa all our uncles my mom were going around trying to get them all together and there was one machine that my grandpa tried to do and he just could not get it so he went out to his car and my grandpa sat there crying because he just couldn't figure it out. And it was one of our big machines, too, that made us a lot of money. And then, like, he said that he just got a feeling to go back in and try my mom's birthday. And it was my mom's birthday. Oh. And it was just, like, it was just, like, that was my dad. Mm, of course And it was, it was so perfect that he left that for us. Because mm-hmm. if he hadn't left that for us, like, we would have been screwed. Mm-hmm. My mom would have had to find a job. Right. And she couldn't do that. Because I still had a lot of, of course. doctor's appointments. And I still was going to therapy like two or three times a week. And it, like she could not get a nine-to-five job. It wouldn't have worked. Mm. So the fact that my dad left that for us was just perfect. It's amazing. So now she does that. She's home whenever we get home. Like we're just living life. <laughs> That's why it was so nice to move. Because everyone in Rowlett knew us. Like they knew our story. They knew who we were like. 
we were that family. Mm-hmm. And so when we moved to McKinney, it was just nice to start over, fresh start. I'm a senior. Sophie's a freshman. Kylie's a freshman in college. Where do you want to go to school? My dream school is SMU. Really? Yeah, that's my dream school. I'd love it's to go there. good dream school. Yeah, it's an expensive dream school. It's an expensive <laughs> dream school. It's an expensive <laughs> dream school, but it's a good school. And I like want to stay in Texas, like within mm-hmm. the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to... I'm a homebody. I hate being away from home. Mm. Well, it'll like, be nice. It'd be nice to have a great college experience. Yeah. And it's right here. And, and you then can go home, go home whenever, whenever you want. Whenever I want to go. Whenever you need it. And like... I don't want to be away from my doctors either. No, I don't blame <laughs> Cause, you. Because, like, I have so many, like, just spurts of random things that I have to be taken care of that if I was somewhere else, like a different state, it would not, mm-hmm. it would you not just be trust, good. You trust this. Oh, yeah. You know this. Sure. Yeah. You got your people here. Oh, yeah. I was, like, when I was sick, there was only two ladies who could, like, prick me with a needle. Mm-hmm. And if they weren't there, like, it was bad. What were their names? Them. Diane was the only nurse who could access my port. Mm-hmm. And Sharon was the only one who could draw my blood. Mm. Sharon's still there, and Diane is on the floor now. She was in the clinic before, but now she's on the floor, and they're the only people. Like, I, if they I weren't I think they there, are the angels of the hospital. Oh, my gosh. Everybody loves them. Yeah. They're perfect. Yeah, but you know what? If you don't ever spend time in a hospital, it you is just, you don't understand. Yeah. My, just, I so agree. I lost, I lost children, and when at the funeral of of. My my son, we didn't have a big funeral for my daughter. We just had a graveside. But when I saw all the nurses and all the women from the blood lab at children from Children's walk in to Charlie's yeah. service, I mean that chokes me. That probably touched me more than anything. I mean these it's like people, a yes, and and it's just this forgotten. It's just like yeah. they are the heroes they of are, our yeah. world and Everybody, our society. Like, everyone who's on the floor and mm-hmm. sees the kids every day, yeah. they're just... They're the angels. They're, they're the heroes. Perfect. They are. And every kid has their favorite nurses. Mm-hmm. Of course. And the only ones that like... It's just the nurses are so great. And they're so and children's, important. And children's is a, such a good hospital. It is such a good hospital. Like the nurses there are so amazing. Yeah, it really is. It's just it's, it's so we are job. so lucky to be somewhere so close to such yeah, great a good care. hospital. Yeah. And it's a hard job too. It's a hard job because I see those kids every day, and and not every and not every kid, makes not every it. child makes and it. And I can't like that to me would be the hardest part of the job. Yeah, for like, sure. Oof. So so you have been through. You have been through an inordinate amount. You've even acknowledged it. Like, yeah, I'm proud of it's how been, it's been a long seven years. <laughs> it's been a long ride. But guys. you are just Brooke. You are such sunshine. Like Thank you have you. every right to be pissed, <laughs> to hate God, yeah. to be an asshole to people like to be on drugs, to <laughs> like, to drink, you know, it's like true. you, you could be coping with but all of this pain and heartache in, ways, yeah. in a completely different manner than you have. Yeah. And so for somebody, for somebody who's young and who has just received a terrible diagnosis or lost somebody that they really love and what you have gone through 
there are people who will never experience one of those things. Oh, yeah. And you've experienced two. Multiple. Yes. And mul- not even two. Like yeah, probably hundreds of Bad heartache things. and yeah. setback and disappointment. And so what would you, and yet you smile and you're infectious and beautiful in every <laughs> way. You. So what would you say? What would you say to somebody who needs your inspiration I really just like for me and I think for anybody it's just so 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 important to have a good like core like to just know that you're gonna be okay and there's so many positives that come out of such horrible situations and you just gotta hang on to them like no matter how small no matter how bad the situation is like there's just always something there to hang on to. Always something that comes out of it. Like for my dad, when he passed away, I thought there's no way that something good's going to come out of this. But for me, it was just meeting everybody who made him who he was. Mm-hmm. Like meeting, like his best friend came down. All his friends from where he used to live, like where he grew up came down. Mm-hmm. And it was meeting all of them that made it, that was like, not made it okay, but yeah. it was just, it made it better. Yeah. Because understanding I, the impact that he had made I, on so many people. Yeah, and like the fact that he had the biggest funeral that mm-hmm. they'd ever seen was just like, that's who my dad was. Mm-hmm. So just like hanging on to those teeny tiny positives mm-hmm. and just, you know, keep going, for, like looking for the light. Like It's so, so, so important to just to smile and to be grateful mm-hmm. for what you have. Even if you think you have nothing, it's so important to just find... Just one thing. How do you find the light? I think for me it's easy because I have an amazing family. Mm. And I also have a really strong belief that there's a plan for everything. That Mm. God, there is nothing that God throws our way that he doesn't think we can handle. Mm -hmm. Like I truly honestly believe that everything he throws towards us, he knows that we're going to be able to. He's going to give us everything that we need to get get back up on our feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just, I truly believe that. And I just think about that all the time. I just think like, I'm okay. Like, this is what God wants for me. This is his plan for me. This is what I got to do. And I got to do what I can to make the best out of it. And I think I also do it for my dad. Mm -hmm. Like, I know my dad would not want me to be angry or sad. Or quit. Yeah, or quit. (laughs) Like, I know my dad would want me to be the best that I can be Mm. and I want to be the best I can be because it's exhausting to be angry and sad Mm -hmm. and upset all the time Mm -hmm. so for me it's just easier to be happy and I think for some people they they find it hard to believe that they can be happy in such bad situations but I just think it's all like a matter of mindset if you have the right mindset if you have the right like I don't know it's just I love how you said just finding the light, finding reasons to be grateful. There's always something there. Finding the the nugget and 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 it's a choice. I mean it is it is a choice. A choice. There's (laughs) always, 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 always something. Something positive to hang on to, something good that happens. Yeah. 
And well, for me, the positives always outweigh the negatives. <laughs> always. And for you to say that, nobody yeah. that's listening <laughs> to this is allowed to complain about it. Yeah, anything. I just, it's just, it's so much easier to be happy. It is so and much easier. it's funny in my house, anybody who complains about like back pain or pain at all, like doesn't get to because I'm like, guys, come on. <laughs> like, Are you really going to? I'm like, dude, look at me. Like my whole back is totally screwed up and you're going to oh. complain. But like everybody has their own problems. And even if they're bigger than mine, smaller than mine, it's just mm-hmm. there's always something positive. There is. There's always something good that they have to hold on to. Yeah. And they just got to gotta hang on to gotta that. Got to find it. Rather than... It. Focusing on the negatives, it's just all well, it's about a waste. the positive. Yeah, it's a waste. You're well, not you get anywhere looking at the negatives. You're not. You're not. But a lot of people spend a whole lot of time a there, whole lot Brooke. Of time, yeah. And you are just a light. You're amazing. Thank now you. I know why. Now I know why <laughs> Skin reached out to me and said you gotta have her. You're just love Skin. Beautiful inside thank and out. You. And thank you so much for being here of and course. sharing your story and. I'm. If you need a letter of recommendation to SMU, you just yes. <laughs> you just let me and Kevin know. <laughs> we will we will hook you up. Awesome. Thank you and God bless you. Thank Beautiful you so much. Thing. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Remedy with Tovacito. To get more information, sponsor an episode, or contribute to this program, please visit us online at tovacito.com/podcast or find us on social media.